0: Welcome to the Covering Ground podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Wheeler. All my friends call me Wheel, so you can too. And I'm so excited to share this with you. This podcast explores the psychology of action versus inaction, why some people can set goals and achieve them while others can't, and how to start even if you don't know where to begin. You'll be hearing from people at all stages of their journeys, from entrepreneurs just starting out to artists who've achieved unparalleled success. I'll be sharing ideas on how to manage resistance, procrastination, environment, and energy to help you take the steps necessary to get to where you want to be. I'll also be sharing my own journey and the messy behind-the-scenes process you don't always get to see. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get started and cover some ground. Welcome to Season 2 of the Covering Ground podcast. I have missed you so much, and I'm thrilled to jump back in. If you are a longtime listener or at least a six-month listener, welcome back. If you are brand new, welcome. I promise our first time together is going to be gentle and memorable. If you happen to listen to the last episode of season one, you know I've been gone for a minute because I've had other responsibilities that deserved my full attention and energy. And if you happen to be a ninja at Mark Fisher Fitness... You know it's because I was doing my last three months of a job that I've had for over nine years. So I wanted to make sure I was completely present and devoted to a business that has been so wonderful and so generous to me. And that really has shaped who I've become as a human. But I'm thrilled to be back sharing all the things I wish I would have known and all the tools I wish I would have had over the last 20 years including but not limited to overthinking, procrastination, fear, doubt, anxiety, managing energy and environment, and just getting out of my own damn way. And I love that we get to be on this journey together. And I do think it's two-sided. Yes, you're listening to the soothing sounds of my Midwestern voice. I know you love it. But I do consider us teammates or at least each other's emotional jockstrap, holding each other up and supporting in all the right places You don't have to navigate this crazy life alone, and neither do I. So let's fucking go, season two. Before we jump in, I do want to take a minute to acknowledge Mark Fisher and Michael Keeler, who are both the owners of Mark Fisher Fitness. They've been my bosses, my mentors, my friends since 2013, and they really have contributed to everything that I'm doing in my life right now. I would not be working with the people that I am. I wouldn't be married to my wife or have the friends that I have. I wouldn't be who I am as a human. If I hadn't taken that job and signed a contract that said, I will use curse words while I teach and I won't have sex with ninjas inside the clubhouse, but outside of the clubhouse is okay. (laughs) That's totally true. That is a true story. (laughs) My contract said, use curse words, no sex with ninjas inside the clubhouse specifically. And from day one, they encouraged me to bring my unique brand of crazy and ridiculousness and be exactly who I was. They didn't want me to be anybody else but me. It was the first time in my life where I felt like I belonged to something exactly how I was and they loved me for it. But that's not just me. That's literally how they treat everybody there. Everybody on the staff, all the ninjas that come in. It's a place of belonging and support with no cookie cutter people. It's not like all the same looking people with the same clothes saying the same words. I guess we say the same words, but they're things like porn star and sad dog. You don't have to fit in there. You get to belong in your own special sauce. I really feel like I was allowed to become myself at Mark Fisher Fitness. And I never felt that way before, even when I owned my own gym. The work that I'm doing right now is not only work that I feel passionately called to do, but it's an extension of everything that I learned at MFF. I've often thought over the years, what if they decided not to create MFF? Like they were both successful in their own right before the gym, they didn't have to do it. How many lives wouldn't be changed? How many people wouldn't have a community? What great impact would the world not receive if they were too scared or they weren't willing to figure out how to open a gym in New York City or if they thought it'd be too much work? That question, what if they decided not to create MFF? It haunts me. It like is seared into me because my life has changed so much, um, but it's also fuel that kind of keeps me pushing forward. So a very warranted plug, even though I'm not there anymore, if you are looking for a fitness space where you can come exactly as you are, whether you're in New York or not, you need to check it out. You got to check out MFF. What they've created has disrupted the fitness industry in a way that is so necessary and meaningful And I know that everybody that walks through the doors or signs into their Zoom square is a different person after they've experienced the magic of MFF. And I've felt that literally every single day since 2013. So my gratitude knows no limits for Mark and Michael. And if you happen to be listening, Mark and Michael, if you happen to be listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you both so much. Thank you. All right, so let's dive into this tread. And that is... I've been doing it wrong. Now, what the heck is it? It's a lot of things, as it turns out. And what I mean by that is doing it wrong for me. So as I just went on and on about MFF, I was loved and accepted for being exactly me and bringing my authenticity. And while I've started getting into work outside of MFF, like this podcast, doing some of the coaching that I've done and interacting with some of the people in the coaching world that I've been meeting... I realized that I've been doing what I think I should be doing and what I see other people doing and not in a way that feels right to me. So season one of the podcast, if you listen back, you know, I dove in headfirst without knowing how to do literally anything. I didn't have any equipment. I hadn't read any books. I just decided I was going to do it. And I reached out to some people and then we got on Zoom and I did it. And I based a lot of my content and the way that I speak in some of the interviews on podcasts that I've listened to and the ways that they do it and how I think podcasts should be done, which is sometimes a great start. Like if you don't know where to start, you can copy form, you can copy structure, you can hashtag steal like an artist without completely stealing content. Like don't plagiarize, don't actually steal stuff from people, but like structure and form, you give yourself a baseline. But when I was going into solo shows and even talking with people, I felt so like stiff and professional and it was like I couldn't have a two-sided conversation because I'm just like asking questions and getting answers and feeling like I need to do it this way. But that's not at all who I am. I'm kind of fucking crazy and I'm out there and I'm pretty weird and I don't want to be this like buttoned up stiff boner of a human because that's not who I am. But in starting something new, I felt like I had to fit into a mold when that's really not the case at all. So heading into the season two, Boner Wheels is definitely out and loosey Goosey Fun Lesbian Anti Wheels is in. And after I had that realization about the podcast, I started thinking about all the ways in my life where I show up and do things because that's how I think they should be done or that's what I've learned from other people. And looking back over a long time, I realized it just hasn't served me in a way that works in my life. And in fact the self-imposed rules and structures really set me up for a lot of mental despair. And that's like a strong word, but we live in our heads and it was not a friendly environment in my head. (laughs) So to give you an example, one of many was learning and the ways that I learn and how much I should be learning at any given point. 20 years ago, I was in my dorm room in college and it was like three in the morning and there was an infomercial on, and it was Tony Robbins. And at that time I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? Like I was bought into what he was saying. He was talking about like personal power where you could like get six CDs in the mail, which you better believe I fucking did. And there are a lot of concepts that he had that I've taken with me. But one was called, I believe it was called like Car University or like Commute University. And it was every time you're in the car, you're learning. You're listening to a CD or I don't even know if they had audiobooks back then. They definitely didn't have podcasts, but you're listening to some kind of educational CD. Like you should always be learning. And I really took that to heart and I've done it for about 19 and a half years. So if you do the math, you realize It's not been too long since I have stopped doing this. And while I do think it's served me in a lot of ways, in some ways it hasn't. I really took it on as truth and what I should be doing. And that turned into years of productivity guilt and feeling like I was falling behind if I wasn't constantly learning or at least having something educational in my ear. And a few things happened because of that. One, I know for sure I was not retaining the information. I was catching a lot of it, but it wasn't simmering in my brain stew and absorbing the way it could have. Two, It took away from the experience I was having and being present in other parts of my life because what started out as commute university turned into workout university, dog walking university, 30 minute break university. I was constantly trying to consume listening a lot of times at double speed to try to take more and more in. So because of these crazy rules I set for myself based off one thing Tony Robbins said in like 2002 that I made into something that it probably wasn't I wasn't able to relax and enjoy the resetting nature of the time walking my dog. I wasn't getting into flow state at the gym and zoning out and loving my workouts because I had to pay attention to what I was learning. It became work and the gym for me is play. Like even though it's working out, I feel like I get to play at the gym and I haven't felt that way in a long time. I didn't get the benefit of doing something enjoyable and it got so bad that I couldn't even relax on weekends or even like when I had downtime, I had so much guilt about not being productive or making the most of my time that it was almost worse having downtime because I couldn't relax. And that sucks. So while the idea of Commute University was great, I way overkilled it and set all these rules in my life that were unsustainable or they were sustainable. And I was completely burned out all the time and not a happy camper, literally at all. Total side note, I am so susceptible to success guru dogma, even though Tony Robbins didn't say that's the only way, but I really took it as truth. I would happily be the first person to walk into a call. Like I'm just saying, I was really into wild, wild country and would have followed that boss bitch, Ma non, Sheila anywhere until the killing started happening. <laughs> True, that's truth. But back to learning earlier this year, the beginning of 2022, I stopped Commute you and dog walking university and gym university and 30 minute break university. I made it a point when I'm doing those things that are supposed to be refueling and rejuvenating and giving me pause. I'm not listening to educational books. I'm not listening to podcasts where I have to pay attention. I'm listening to music and I'm enjoying my time. And I'm so much more of a happy human when I allow myself to enjoy these things And I'm hashtag learning less. But really, I'm learning more because now I have dedicated learning time. And then, drumroll, I put what I'm learning into practice. (laughs) What? That's right. I'm not just consuming. I am understanding and applying. But it took one thing from one self-help person for me to take it to heart and then Make up these rules that really didn't serve me at all. And in fact, I was a less happy person and a less productive person because of these rules I set for myself. And it's not just that, right? It's like we have the same kind of self-imposed rules around food. We have them around fitness. We have them about our creativity. I've had the same feelings about a morning routine. Like if I'm not up at 5 a.m. drinking Bulletproof coffee, gratitude journaling for five minutes, followed by 20 minutes of deep meditation, followed by an intense workout, followed by a nice bath, followed by two hours of deep learning that I'll never amount to anything because 500 successful entrepreneurs have done this. And that's what it takes. And since I've trained people at 6 30 a.m. for the last 16 years, I'd actually have to get up at, three so I can make it happen. And I must not want it bad enough. If I don't do it, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The point is because I took what worked for one person and made it truth. I set rules for myself and made it mean something about me when they didn't work for me. And then I was failing. It meant that I didn't want it bad enough. It meant that I just didn't have enough discipline. And that's just not true. One of my clients right now is a writer working on a pilot. And they've said multiple times, I know writers are supposed to get up first thing in the morning and write, And they've had a little bit of like turmoil around it. And it's like, who's deciding what writers are supposed to do? I think the only thing we can do is get curious and try different things and see what works best for us. So here is my success guru dogmatic advice. I'm not a guru. Please question everything I say. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I encourage you to consume and apply things you've learned like a buffet. Take what works for you and make it yours. Apply it in a way that's useful to you. You don't have to take everything. And if you grabbed a hot dog that had ketchup and mustard on it, but you think it's better with chili and cheese, wipe off the ketchup and mustard and go put the chili cheese on it. You get to take ideas and give it your own special sauce and make it work in your life. And that's what the heck I'm doing. And I'm excited to bring you season two in this way. That's authentically me talking about shit that matters in a way that feels good without all my self-imposed rules. So my ending questions for you are, what self-imposed rule do you have that doesn't actually serve you? And does that affect your authenticity? Thank you for tuning in season two. We are going to have a great time. If you like what you heard and think another human could benefit from it, please share it. If you want to leave a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that would feel just as good to me as receiving a bunch of chapstick in the mail, which I've gotten a lot of lately. Thank you so much to all those who have sent chapstick in the mail. I used all of it. Remember, having inspirational people in our lives is great. Learning is great. What works for one person might not work for you, and you don't have to inherit their rules. You don't have to fit a mold. Make it work for you and cover some rules. Bye-bye.